0: presence. Uh, Next week, let me talk about next week, we start a new series, and so if you're new around here, here's kind of how things go. Uh, We will talk about a subject or a topic or a book of the Bible, passage of the Bible uh, for a few weeks, and we call that a series. And so we've been in a series of neighbor and how to be a neighbor, how to love our neighbor. A person came to Jesus one time and says, who is my neighbor? And so we've been looking at that and who our neighbor is, how to neighbor, how to love our neighbor. And uh, next week, we start a new series called On Point, and we will be looking at the book of First Timothy And we'll be allowing Paul's words to Timothy to speak to us. Timothy was a young guy, a young pastor who was just kind of starting out. And he was, you know, facing some tough circumstances and situations, some challenges. And Paul wanted to encourage him. Hey, don't give up. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Uh, God's got a call on your life. God's got something for you. And so we're going to be talking about the calling of God. And if you're here today and you think, well, I don't think I've got a calling. You know, I, I, I think that's maybe, Craig, you've got a calling or whatever. I'm telling you, everyone is called because everyone has a purpose. Everyone has a purpose. So everyone has something that God Originated that God wanted to accomplish in the earth, and He put you here to do it and to be a part of it. And so, we're going to be looking at this for the next three weeks, and I believe it'll be tremendously encouraging to you to see how God has equipped you. He has put you here for a reason. Uh, My hope, my prayer is over the next three weeks that you will be absolutely convinced that you are not here by accident, you are here by divine destiny, that God orchestrated the events of your being here on this planet and he has equipped you with all that he wants to do. If God's called you to something, he has equipped you to do it. And he will give you all that you need to accomplish all that he wants you to do. So don't miss next week. going to be awesome as we look at the book of 1st Timothy. And so today we're winding up the series that I believe God has used to touch our church uh, in a a powerful way. I don't know how many of you that this series has impacted you in some way shape or form. Yeah a bunch of you and and I just think that God has just used this to speak to our hearts and lives and I pray that once again today that he will do that. Uh, As we look at this fourth installment, let me remind you that Jesus just boiled down everything about following after him, about being a Christian, as we would often call it, or a Christ follower. What's that look like? What's involved in that? And he's, he just made it so simple. Don't you just love simple? You know, keep it simple. Simple. Stupid, right? It's how it goes. Kiss, you know, just keep it simple, stupid. And and so uh, God wants us to have it simple. Some of us need the cookies on the lower shelf so we can reach them, you know. And so God put them down there. Jesus did. And so uh, here's what he said. Here's what you need to do. Love God and love people. It's pretty simple, isn't it? And so Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. To which we've answered, well, who is my neighbor? Who is that person? You know, what's that look like? And how do I do it? And so once again today, we're going to take a look at this because we're going to talk about people who battle with loneliness. And and I think that uh, many of us have at times, at least, struggled with this. And perhaps everybody here, at some point in time, has struggled with it. Now, just like last week, as Kyle talked to us about uh, poverty and financial poverty, there is emotional poverty. There's emotional poverty to which people are lonely, there's irritations in their life and it has isolated them, they are alienated from others and and feel like maybe people just don't care. Uh, You can sit in a crowded room and feel like you're all alone. You can be a stay-at-home mom and feel that you're all alone. You can work with tons of people at work and yet not have one single close person near To you, you can be a college student surrounded by tons of people in a dorm and yet feel isolated. You can be a successful business leader at the top of your game and yet you feel alone at the top. You can be a dysfunctional in a dysfunctional marriage and and it's things just aren't working good and you can feel alone even though you're under the same roof with others and, and yet you feel isolated. And alone, we need to understand what it is to be emotionally impoverished, to feel alone, to feel like I, I don't have a support system in my life. there's no love, there's no empathy, there's no support, there's no one to listen to me to share my story. and here 's why I think that happens in our culture. One is the breakdown of families. You know, there's such a breakdown of families, dysfunction and, and breakup and all of that. And sometimes that causes people to, you know, call sides and take sides. And, and, and there's different forms of isolation that come from that. Then we have increased mobility. We're such a mobile culture, and and we sometimes, you know, just detach from others and move and take jobs and, and, and different things, and then we don't connect with other people like we had before. And then there's heavy workloads. Many of you know what it's like to work so many long hours, and you feel like, perhaps if I don't do this... Then somebody else will. And so therefore I've got to put in all these hours, and I, I've got to look like I'm OK with it, and I, I've got to do this, or maybe you're a workaholic and you just do it because you love to do it. But regardless, it, it gives so much time to work that you don't have time to connect, time to fellowship and have friendships. And then there's also the rise of social media. You know, in a day and age where we have so many friends, right? We have so many friends. Some of us have friends we don't even know who they are. How's that my friend? You know? And the thing is, it gives you a false sense of, you know, these people, they love it when I show them pictures of my food, you know, and all of this, and brag on my kids and stuff and, and incessantly, and, and so then, you, you know, you really know who your friends are when you move or something, right? And you need people. Oh, gosh, wish we could, you know? <laughs> Get all these messages. Yeah, I wish, wish we could do that for you. So, in the midst of this culture that I believe needs help, I believe that we need help. When it comes to this topic of loneliness and feeling isolated. And I think that's the reason why many people go into depression these days and and even take their life and all because who's gonna notice anyway? I'm like Mr. Invisible, you know, and, and nobody really cares about me anyway. In the midst of all of this, Jesus shares how to deal and how to love lonely people. And so we're going to look at a story uh, of Jesus that Matthew, who is one of the followers of Jesus, he actually walked with Jesus, actually had Jesus in his house, uh, fellowshiped with Jesus for at least three years. And and so Matthew tells us a story, and we're going to look at Matthew chapter 8, where Jesus has an encounter with a person. Now, I want to remind you of something that I asked of you a couple weeks ago, and I talked to some people in between services today that are, that are doing this as well as I am, and that is to pray for other people around you, especially in your own neighborhood. You know, I've, I'm trying to train myself that, that when I back out of my driveway before I take off down the road, to say just a little prayer for my neighbor. And to call their names out before the Lord. And to ask God to move in their lives. And and, and just whatever it is that that they need today. That God will just be there for them in a a special way. And and that I'll be used to be able to touch their lives. You know, God wants us to be His eyes, His hands, His feet, His heart. and, And we can pray for people By name. It may be somebody that's sitting right here. They may be across the aisle from you today, and God may put that person. Upon your heart, it could be someone at the office that you walk right by their office every day and maybe say one word or two words to, but God may put them on your heart as someone who 's being overlooked, or it may be grandma who just recently lost her husband or it may be a teenager who feels isolated, even though they 're in a school full of other kids. It makes no difference who that person is. The point being. Please, as I'm talking today, just pray about, God, who would be my neighbor? Who do you want me to reach out to? And here's how we do this. And we're going to see this in this story. But first of all, if you're taking those, here's the first step in being able to love the lonely is you love with touch. You love with touch. In Matthew chapter 8 and verse 2, it says that Jesus was walking along, and as he was traveling, a man with leprosy came and knelt before Jesus and said this, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. This man was full of leprosy. Now, I don't know if you know much about leprosy and if you've studied much about it, but I looked into it a little bit uh, recently and and found that if it's left untreated, which back in this day, they didn't know what to do about it. And and today we have so many medicines that we can help people, but in that day they didn't really do it. And so most people died within about 10 years. And it would just start with fatigue and and with aching in the joints. And then later there would be scaly spots that could develop, and then your body could get covered with lumps and be filled with pus even, and, and your face could even start to distort and change shape, and there could be growth eventually on your vocal cords affecting your voice. Ultimately, your body begins to decompose, and it, it gives off a horrendous stench, and The only thing that they would do for these people back in this day is tell them to stay away from everybody else. Just stay away from everybody else. And here was the rule. If someone came within 20 or 30 feet of you, you were to yell out to them, unclean, unclean, so that they would know not to get close to you. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine living this way? That every time another human being comes within about 20 feet of you, your duty is to tell them, stay away. I'm unclean. I'm unclean. Can you imagine if you had to tell people your stuff? I mean, you know, if you had to announce it to people today, you know, hey, warning, I'm a gossip I'll talk about you. You come over here and tell me something. I'm going to tell it, you know. I'm going to share it. You know, or I'm filled with lust. You know, the moment you walk away, I'm going to be checking you out. Or, Or, you know, I'm an overeater, totally out of control. Don't get me anywhere near food. Can you imagine if you had to do that? Wouldn't that be awful? Can you imagine this guy day after day? That's what his day consists of is telling people stay away from me. And Jesus is approaching this man. He says to him, hey, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And here's what Jesus says in verse 3 in answer to this man. Jesus reached out his what? His hand and touched the man and says, I am willing, I am willing, be clean. And immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. Isn't that powerful? Here's what's powerful about it. When when I think about this story is that Jesus didn't have to touch the guy. He did not have to touch the guy. He could have just said to him, be clean. You know, He could have said, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm going to stay out in my, my bubble here, you know. And hey, hey, okay, yeah, I'm willing, buddy, be clean. But he doesn't do that. And I think it's purposeful. Because I, I believe that Jesus lived a life on Purpose. And, and so he comes to the man and comes within the 20 feet and then the 10 feet and says, I am willing and doesn't just speak the word. He actually puts out his hand and touches him. Now This is incredible because Matthew tells us the very next story. You can read this this afternoon before you take your nap. Just, just read this. Read the story, because it goes on, and, and Matthew says, well, then the next thing you know, a centurion, a soldier, comes up to Jesus and says, my servant is at home and, and sick and ill terribly. And Jesus says, well, I'll come, do you want me to come to your house? He asks the guy, do you want me to come to your house? And the guy says, no. You don't have to come to my house because I'm a man of authority. When I tell a guy, you go that way, he goes that way. And when I tell a guy, go that way, he goes that way. You have authority. And you could just speak the word right here on the street. And the moment you say it, I believe my servant will be healed. And Jesus goes, whoa, my people don't even get it. This guy's a Gentile. He, he, he didn't grow up in a home of Jewish faith that taught about the one true living God. And you got to love God with all your mind, your soul, your strength. You got you to do all these things. He, he didn't even hear all of this. And he believes, I don't even have to come to his house. and We don't know how far his house was. But all I've got to do is speak the word. And he told the guy, because of your faith, it's done right now. And the guy left. And at that moment, they said, his servant was healed. Now this guy, Jesus could have done the same thing. He didn't have to walk over. He didn't have to touch him. So why did he touch him? I believe Jesus knew that this guy didn't just need healing on the outside. He needed healing on the inside. He needed emotional healing. Because this guy, for however long, has been telling people, hey, don't get close to me. Don't get around me. I'm unclean. I'm unclean. And for maybe years, he's felt this. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but maybe for years, you have felt more identified by your condition. I'm divorced. I'm separated. I, I'm diseased. I, I, I'm, I'm, I have anxiety. I have this situation. I have certain so- circumstances in my life. I'm out of control in this way. And you feel like maybe you've announced it to people. Maybe you didn't announce it. Maybe your relative did, you know, to the family or whatever. They kind of told your stuff or whatever. Now you don't even want to go to family things. Now you don't even want to go to business meetings. Now you don't even want to go to anything. Now you feel isolated. You feel alone. And Jesus, who not only can heal leprosy, listen, he can heal the soul today. He can heal your heart your life and so he touches this guy who needed love for his rejection I was doing some research this week about touch and scientifically it's been found that touch among other things can reduce stress it can reduce the heart rate and blood pressure it's scientific Touch has even been found to lower the level of cortisol in the body, which when elevated impedes our working memory and most critically, the immune system's resiliency. We've seen this when they've done studies in foreign countries with with, uh, orphans and in orphanages where they didn't have touch and the kids didn't grow properly. As a result, but the kids who did get touched they would grow they, they would excel, and, and so likewise, research shows that men 's as well as women 's levels of oxytocin rise when they receive affectionate touch from their partner, and that with doses of oxytocin listen to this fear is reduced, and degrees of trust generosity and empathy rise isn't that amazing just the power of touch I'm telling you I kind of saw this with uh, Rochelle's family and my family I I grew up in a family where we'd kind of do this we'd have people over and people we hadn't seen in a while and and they come over and then we say hey how you doing you know, and then we sit down watch tv or do something and, and all and then they get ready to leave and we might not see them from christmas to easter or whatever we'd say hey we'll see you at easter you know i went over to rochelle's family i started getting around them when we were dating and they weren't like that they, they just grab you and hug you and say, oh, you are so special, Oh my gosh, you know, and, and they do this to one another. They just slobber on each other and just maul each other and, and all like this. I mean, you couldn't get out the door, you know, they just, and, and then the next one, and they'd start crying and getting worked. I said, it wasn't even a good family meeting until somebody bawling, you know, and, oh, bless your heart, you're so sweet, and, whatever, and all this, and everything. And I'm like, "You're going to see them next Sunday. you go to the same church. <laughs> it's like they're gone. they're moving to you know Vietnam or something, you know and, and so, but I here here's what happened. I kind of liked it after a while. I was like lining up, you know <laughs> like I want my hug, I want my oxytocin, you know." I want my shot of of that intimacy because there's just a power in it. And I'm telling you, we need this in our culture. There could be people in this congregation who would say, one of the big reasons why I come to church, it's the only hug I get all week. Now, yeah, that would be sad in that regard, but isn't it awesome that they get that? I want to be that kind of church, don't you? I want to be that kind of church where we're not afraid to reach out and touch somebody. We're not afraid to to go ahead and be God's hand extended. Jesus could have withheld touch. He could have just spoken the word, but he didn't because there's healing power and love with touch. And here's the other way we love is we love by listening. Jesus tuned in to this guy now most people don't listen with the intent to understand most people listen with the intent to reply right you can just tell it when you're looking at somebody and you're talking to them you're like you're not listening to me you know and here's what's going on in their head a lot of times I can't wait till you shut up because as soon as you shut up, I am going to trump your story right here, right now. Because I got a better story than you've got, all right? And you just fired me up. And if you'd hurry up and shut up, I'd get all the details out of it. And Have you ever been around people like that? And here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you want more friends, listen to this. Try to focus on being interested instead of being interesting. If you'll focus on being interested, if you'll ask questions and ask them, hey, what about that? What about this and whatever? Here's what I found out. People love to talk about themselves. And, and so if you go into a room and you'll start asking people questions and say, well, hey, how'd that make you feel? Well, what caused that? Well, uh, what else has been going on in your life? How, oh, how many kids do you have? Hey, what, what's up with them? You know, what's, what are their future plans and different things? When you start asking questions and all, you start talking to somebody. They'll walk away and say that guy's the best conversationalist I've ever met, and you hardly talked, right? But they got to talk, and you got to listen. Here's something very curious. Pull this up on the screen for me. Look at these two words. The word listen and the word silent have the same letters. I don't know if you've ever noticed that or not, but if you're going to be a good listener, it requires silence. And so you've got to be silent and say, hey, tell me your story. If you want to get to know your neighbors, you know, the people around you, that coworker, that fellow student or whatever it is, if you want to enlarge your circle of love, here's what you've got to do. You've got to start reaching out to them and say, hey, what's going on in your life? And when they share it with you, then say, how can I pray with you about that? I want to I be in prayer about that. And like I said the other week, I don't know anybody hardly that won't take prayer. I mean, people feel like you care when you lift up a prayer, right? When you pray for people, it shows you love people. Never forget how to reach out to somebody else because if you'll just give them time, if you'll just give them listening time, I, I'm telling you, it's huge. And you don't try to fix their problem. Here's some marriage advice, all right? Especially for the guys, all right? I don't know if you're like me. I like to fix stuff, you know? I like to fix it. And, and, and not, not, not mechanical stuff, I'm not too good at that. But if you've got an issue, if you've got a problem, hey, I'll give you three steps to figure that out. Just take these three things and, you know, you go and do that. And that that'll work that problem right out. And so my wife would share stories with us early on in our married life. She'd share stories with me and share her feelings and all. And I'd say, well, I know how you can fix that. Here's what you need to do. Yeah, some of you are moaning, aren't you? You're like, hmm, he's not too bright, is he? Uh, So so, so here's what I do. I try to fix it. And finally, she's like, I don't want you to fix it. I just want you to listen to me. So I smartened up over time, and I just sit there. And you know what? It's a lot less stressful. I have come up with the ABC plan or whatever. I just listen because sometimes people just want somebody that'll listen to them. Can I hear an amen from all my ladies in the house at least, right? Just just listen to me. I need to be heard. And the next thing you love with, if you're writing down notes, is time. Because time is huge, is it not? I mean, you can get more money. You know, you can get a job, pays more money, but you can't get more time. So no matter who you are, rich, poor, whatever, uh, you, you can't get more time. And Jesus, you know, he, wouldn't you say Jesus probably had a lot to do? And, and do you think Jesus' days were just as important as yours, maybe? Could even exceed yours? Son of God, you know. But here's the thing about Jesus in, in, in his ministry. I never see him hurried. I, n- I never see him in a hurry. As a matter of fact, there's a story of, of Jesus that's told in the Bible in Luke chapter 8. And let me just paraphrase it for you. Jesus is on his way, again, to somebody's house because the guy says, and this is huge, if you're a dad, you can relate to this, he comes to Jesus and says, my daughter is sick, very sick. They think she's gonna die. I need you to come to my house. And Jesus says, okay, I'll come. And so they walk because that's what they did that day. And so they're walking And as they're walking, Luke tells us that, you know, there were a lot of people around Jesus because he had healed some people and all, and so now everybody wants a piece of that, you know, and he might be feeding some people today and whatever, so they're all following along. And they're going down through the city, and and it's crowded. But there's a woman in the crowd who says this to herself. She's a woman who has spent all the money she has on doctors to get better and her condition is just deteriorating. She's just getting sicker all the time. And so she spent all of her money, she's none the better, but she's heard about Jesus. There may be somebody here today, the best thing you have had happen to you this week is somebody told you about Crossroads Church I was talking to a guy in between services. He says, I heard about this place, and now that I've been here, I'll be back. And and so you you today, you might be here, and and somebody did you a favor. So she heard about Jesus. So here's what she said. I believe that he's God or, or something like that because I believe if I'll just touch the hem of his garment, I believe if I could just get a a piece of Jesus, if I could just get a little bit of Jesus today, if I could just get a little bit of Jesus in my life, I believe that I'll be whole. And she said this to herself, and she presses through the crowd, and sure enough, she reaches out her hand and touches his garment, and the Bible says as soon as she touched it, she knew she was healed. She knew it. She felt it. And so Jesus stops. He just stops. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm the dad and we're on, my way, on our way to my daughter, I'm like, well, do you need something here? You know, uh, you need a new shoe? You need a sandal strap or something? Here, wear mine. You know? Or I'll carry you. Let's get to my house. You know? And Jesus just stops and he says, whoa, 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 whoa. Somebody touched me. To which the disciples are like, hello, everybody's touching you. It's so crowded around here. I, I'm about ready to take this guy out over here, Peter probably said, because he keeps bumping into me, you know, messing with me. And, uh, and, and so Jesus is like, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. Somebody touched me. And he looks around, and the woman knows. He could pick me out. He could just say, "Mm, there she is. So, before he gets the chance, trembling because of what God has done in her life, she kneels at his feet and says, I'm the one. I touched you. And he said, woman, you are cleansed and well be gone and he pronounces a blessing over her and she goes her way and then they head on to the house oh but the word comes too late she's dead to which the guy you know the dad hello we were stopping talking to some lady back here you know i mean what was that all about if we'd have gotten here you know on time but but he says no don't 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 worry she's just asleep To which everybody's laughing, right? And Jesus goes in and he wakes her up and nobody's laughing anymore. They are marveling at the power of God. I'm telling you, one touch of Jesus is all it takes. One touch of him. One touch of him today can make all The difference. The Samaritan was willing to be interrupted. He had a busy life, but he took the time and he didn't just say, Somebody go back and get that guy. He picked him up himself. Hello? And took him to get help. Somebody here. You're going to come into contact this week. Some of you already know the name in your head while I'm speaking of someone that maybe lives nearby. Someone you work with and God's going to lay them on your heart. For others of you, it's going to be a stranger that you didn't even know that walks into your circle like that woman who reached out to Jesus. Like this man who calls out to Jesus for hope, for help. Only it's going to be you, that are Jesus to that person. It's going to be you that are His voice, His hand extended to reach out and touch somebody else. May God use this church to touch this community with the hand of Jesus the way He wants us to do it Isaiah, let's close with this. Let's, we'll close with this last scripture. Isaiah pull it up for me. It says, "Don't be afraid. Now, listen, listen, if you're here today and you moved away from everybody because you got a job in central Indiana, or maybe somehow everybody moved away from you, or whatever the circumstances are maybe you just came through a divorce and people took sides, or whatever, maybe you're struggling with something and and, and people aren't coming around. If you're here today and you feel lonely, you feel isolated, this verse is for you. It's one of my favorites. He says, do not be afraid for who I am with you. Let me tell you something. You may not have everybody with you, but if you've got Jesus with you, you can make it. All right? You can make it. For I am with you. Do not be discouraged. Why? Because I am your God. And if God is for you, who can be against you? Greater is He that's in you than he that's in the world, right? Right, so, so I am your God, and I will do this. I will strengthen you and help you when nobody else is around, when nobody else is there, when it's dark, when, it, when you feel alone in your own house, when the people in your house feel like strangers to you, when you feel isolated and alone, and you feel like, who would even care if I took my own life? When, when you feel so isolated, so gone, so alone, no friends, you feel like no attachment in your life. He will strengthen and help you. I will hold you up when other people have beaten you down, when other people have said, this is what you are, and you'll never be any more than that. You'll never overcome this. You'll always be this way. God says, hold on. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. And God's hand today is still available to lift you up to encourage you, to empower you, to help you to be more than you ever could be on your own. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today that there is more power in your one hand than we can even imagine. That if that hand touches us today, if we would just come into close contact with you, our lives would never be the same again. And God, I believe this community would never be the same again. If we would be your hand at the office, if we would be your hand in the school, if we would be your hand in our neighborhood, if we'd be your hand wherever we go, God, people could find your touch and be changed. Maybe you're here today and you say, Craig, There's times when I get so caught up in myself, I get so caught up in what my deal is, and it seems like it's all about me, and I'm sure I pass.